Hi guys, welcome to We Love Lucy. I'm Allison Werma. I'm Corinne Eckhart. And I'm Molly Lyons. So this week we're talking about the kleptomaniac. Lucy herself, the kleptomaniac. The episode aired April 14th, 1952. And the synopsis we have, courtesy of IMDb. Lucy is the chairman of a bazaar for her club, but doesn't tell Ricky. When he finds all the cash and donations hidden in the apartment, he accuses her of being a compulsive thief. What club is it? That was a good question. Is it Daughters of the American Revolution? Like the Junior League? Like, I don't know. Like what club? Is it the same club that he goes to sleep in when he's mad at her? No, that's his club. Like, you can find him in the club. Club. Yeah, his night club. Versus, like, a guild. Yeah, like an association. Yeah, like or like the Shriners. Yeah, the Masons, the Freemasons. Which Fred may or may not be a part of. Or he just likes their fashions. We have to assume that they are part of some kind of country club community. Or like the Rotary or something like that. It's in the city, so... Yeah, when did those types of things start losing popularity? This definitely feels like this generation where it was really big. Yeah. My grandfather was in the Knights of Columbus, which Mm -hmm. like Catholic Church is a very common community organization. I feel like they would always give out a scholarship, and it would be like a $100 scholarship to a senior at high school. I'm like... That's going to cover nothing. Maybe maybe a book. (laughs) Maybe. This is yet another episode wherein all of the hijinks sort of proceed from the fact that Lucy and Ricky do not tell each other things. Yeah. The fact that she goes through an elaborate ruse rather than actually tell him about anything. Anything. Yeah, is really crazy. Also, I can't believe this closet, like their closet is so multi-purpose. Like, the fact that she's keeping thousands of dollars worth of goods in her, in that closet and he's just never looked in it. Well, where, where do they hang their coats? Where are all the coats? That's exactly what I was saying. Well, was, was it the hall closet? Yeah. yeah. Where they keep their friends and, like, maybe those children who are hiding back there. Like, who's to say? It's like Narnia, maybe. Yes, interesting. Okay, we're going to write a Narnia I Love Lucy crossover. <laughs> Necessary. With little Ricky. Oh, it was where kind the, of the same time period. Where the closet is the armoire. Yeah. When we open the episode, she's flipping pancakes. Have you ever tried that? No, because I know I won't be able to do it. I can barely get, you know, when you make the pancakes and then the bubbles start to form on the top, so you flip it over to the other side. I can barely do that without screwing up. (laughs) Also, when she flipped it and it hit the ceiling, I literally Googled flipping pancake onto ceiling because I was like, I've seen that. I've definitely seen that in other things, Mm. and I couldn't find anything. But it felt like such a trying to do the fun thing and it just blowing up. When my mom was a kid, she always tells the story about how they would be eating spaghetti and she and her sisters would throw the spaghetti noodles up to the ceiling and they'd get stuck and my grandma wouldn't notice. Oh my God. Which does make sense. I mean, you know, noodles are like, they can be sticky. Like that I think is more believable than the pancakes thing. Yeah. But she looked so delighted when she was trying to do it. It looked like fun. Well, that's an Italian way to, for you to tell if the pasta is done. You fling it against the wall. Oh really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you do that at home? No. Oh, then you're not a true Italian. It's very messy. I don't know why. Corinne's not one to have noodles on her wall, if you know what I mean. Perhaps I Love Lucy is going to teach us how to be in relationships by showing us examples of poor communication in relationships. What not to do. Yeah. What not to do. Yeah. Ethel comes in and the flapjack falls on her head. Poor Ethel. (laughs) Can you imagine if something just like off the ceiling right when you walked in a door? Have you ever had bird poop on your head? Yes. No. Same. To, to oh, I looked at Molly. You guys can't see that I looked at Molly. I've got, I've got. Like, oh yes, same. <laughs> no, I've had bird poop on me, on my foot, it's and on good my luck. arm. Yeah, 
hope a bird poops on me soon. Do you think it's the kind of thing where, because it's such a terrible thing to happen to you, they just made it good luck so that people wouldn't feel so shitty about it? Like rain on your wedding day? Yeah, literally shitty. Like rain on your wedding day? Shout out to our favorite jagged little pill. Thanks, Alana. (laughs) Ricky doesn't want Lucy to... Do anything, as always. (laughs) Basically... You have to let her fail. But we learned why. Because so she's active in this club and they had like a 4th of July event. And she had stored a bunch of firecrackers in their fireplace. And then he went to go light it and it blew his eyebrows off. Jeez. That was a moment where I was like, I wish the show did flashback. Can you imagine seeing that? And of all the places you're going to store them in your fireplace. Well, she was like, it's summer. Why was he lighting a fire? His fault. (laughs) Actually, she's not wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Why would he light a fire? Fireplace in July. He should have looked before he threw that match in there. (laughs) Poor Ricky. (laughs) His eyebrows didn't grow in for a month. (laughs) You remember those little baby toupees he wore over each other? And then he got little toupees for his eyebrows until they grew back. Uh, Stop. Where do we get those? (laughs) Can we get those now for fuller brows? What would those be called? Like, not a merkin, but like your... Weak brow. baby caterpillars. Eye wigs. Eye wigs. (laughs) It's like earwigs, but eye wigs. Eye wigs. I like eye wigs. Once at a barbecue, a friend of mine opened the grill and just a bunch of flames like shot up her body <gasps> she's blonde and her eyebrows were like straw and you just patted them and they just fell right off <gasps> that's scary that's shit. really horrifying yeah. Are her eyelashes okay no her eyelashes were gone her eyebrows are gone you know all those little baby hairs on your face i would she, gladly get rid of those but I not in this whole face. procedure no i don't yeah so all of those were just strawy and fell off we didn't even have to put her out it happened so quickly put her out <sighs> that's so scary did her brows and stuff grow back yes it was just like if she had shaved them or plucked oh them or something goodness. shaved by fire Listening to the story of Lucy's, I wouldn't have believed it was possible, but I've actually seen it happen. <laughs> Corinne can confirm. Yeah, it's literally possible. Corinne has a friend. <laughs> she told us. Asking for a friend. Lucy. Guys, I did not lose my eyebrows. <laughs> yeah, okay. You lost one. Lucy's telling Ethel about the bazaar, and Ethel's like, the bazaar, and Lucy's like, shh. And then she's like, where are you keeping everything? And Lucy's like, come over here to this closet. And then when she looks in it, Ethel goes, what a treasure trove. And Lucy's like, shh, just stop showing her. (laughs) Ethel has no chill. Yes. And we love her for it. Yeah, I love that about her. Well, because maybe it's better to have no chill because that's the problem with Lucy and Ricky is both of them have too much chill that they don't communicate with each other. Yeah, Lucy wants to be too mysterious. Yeah. Yeah, To keep him interested. Yeah. And so those that doesn't stop after marriage. No, you got to keep them guessing. Do I have to keep playing games with my heart? (laughs) Do I have to keep shaving my legs for forever? Yes. No. Honestly, no, if you're single. I like my legs shaved, so I guess I'll do it for me. Also, electrolysis. Mm. Laser. Basically, humankind is just going to evolve where everyone comes out hairless. That'd be great. I don't think so. I don't think yeah. that's how evolution works. Yeah, I think it is. This is a true fact based off science. This is a scientific podcast called We Love Lucy. Thank you for being here. <laughs> I am a scientist. Guys, climate change is real. Oh, that is true. That's true. Also, we have PhDs in feelings. Thank you for being here. <laughs> 
Okay, so Ricky comes in because he's looking for his breakfast and Ethel leaves. Can he just make his own damn breakfast? Get a bowl of cereal, bro. Seriously, it's not that hard. The weird part is he never knows what she's going to make and then he always has to react to it. If you are so concerned about what you're eating, then make he, it yourself. Also, like, does he wait in the room until it's ready? Yeah. Like, is he just sitting on the bed? Well, that was what was dumb is that about the whole shushing thing is, oh, my, my friend's being so loud. I'm going to bring her right next to where my husband is and have her not talk about what we're doing. Like, what's Ricky doing? Great plan. One of the first mentions, other than his accent, of sort of his cultural differences. Tortillas. <laughs> yeah, I made them out of Aunt Jemima tortilla mix. Oh, I keep forgetting here in America you call them flap cakes. Come again. Hot jacks? You were closer with tortillas. They are hot cakes. Oh. Hot, hot jacks and flap cakes and Lucy says it's hot cakes, but it's, it's a regional determination. It used to be possible to determine the region of the U.S. that someone was from by the pancake, hot cake, flapjack, griddle cake distinction. Ooh, I've heard all of these before. I mean, I'm familiar with all of them. I'm a pancake enthusiast, so yeah. I mean, I feel like that's just what our generation says. So maybe it's it all evolved into pancake. I feel like I've seen it on menus, like at Sometimes. diners or something. You yeah. know, like Denny's. I've never been to Denny's. Me either. Should we go? There's one right down the street. Next door to to our studio. The commute from Denny's to our studio is very, very convenient. We're also conveniently located by Curves. No, so he thinks that they're tortillas because they're flat and whitish and made in a pan. So, Because this is the first time he's ever seen pancakes. Yeah. So weird. And then they're too cold. They're not hotcakes. So he's like, forget it. Never mind. I'm going. But I need money for a cab. Let me go in your purse. And then gasp. This would just be like a normal, she doesn't care, he can go through her purse on any other day. I just think it's dumb that like she's literally just put it there. Yeah. And she's like, oh! Forgot I put $200 in there. Yeah. yeah. If she had had more chill in that moment, maybe he wouldn't have suspected yeah, play it. play cool, Luce. She just should have said the word tampon or something. Do they have tampons then? Oh, I'm sure you couldn't say that. I'm sure the censors would lose their mind. I'm pretending it's real life. The, the other thing is he immediately is, it must have been stolen. <laughs> or he was like, did you earn it? And he doesn't wait for her to answer. He's just like, this is terrible news. Not like, we have a couple extra hundred dollars. That's great news let's, in my book. Let's be real. There are maybe a thousand different excuses that are believable that she could have given in that moment. Like, Ethel asked me to hold on to it before she can go to the bank, you know? Yeah, yeah it's the rent from the downstairs apartment. Yeah, there are so many choices. Saving it from her allowance was a very poor try. <laughs> right, and she, she knows how the books work. Yeah, <laughs> and she didn't sell it at all. She maybe was like, she, maybe I got it from my allowance. <laughs> maybe she got a job working as a girl singer at a different nightclub. Competing. She, she just did the same thing you did with the yes, no, same, where he's like, did you earn it, steal it, borrow it? And she's like, yes. You gotta pick one. One time when I was in grade school, my teacher was pregnant and I asked her if the baby was gonna be a boy or a girl and she said yes. And I was so mad because it didn't answer my question. But Wait, it did answer it did my question. answer your question. I know, but I was annoyed because I was in first grade and I felt duped. <laughs> she does a really poor job of lying. Ricky leaves and says, like, I want an explanation in the afternoon. Just more time to make up a lie. Oh, yeah, he should know by now. That's more time for her to create something crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's a mistake. When Ricky comes back home that afternoon, he is the first one in the apartment and he hides when Lucy comes home and sees her carrying in a bunch of the stuff. Right, yes. That's how he figures it out. Yeah, knows 
something's up because he found first the money and now he sees her with actual goods. I want to talk about what is this auction? What is this bazaar? Let's get oh, yeah. all of these antique trinkets. Everything is so overdone. And even the coffee pot earlier that they were pouring in the kitchen, just using, everything is huge and metal and ornate. What is the style? And what is the theme of this event? Is it the industrial revolution? Like it's all metal. <laughs> Everybody has silver vase or candlesticks yeah, that they've donated to this. Doesn't anybody want to donate a gift certificate? Did they have gift certificates back <laughs> no, then? No, like know. a Bitcoin sort yeah. of auction. <laughs> what about like a basket? <laughs> That'd be great. So Ethel comes in and she tells Ethel that he's found the money and suspects all of these things and then says that she's going to gag her way out of it. He did? How did you explain it? Oh, I didn't. I tried to gag my way out by saying I stole it. Stole it? Yeah, well, he didn't believe me. Listen, Ethel, can I tell him that it belongs to you? And Ethel help her under one condition. Right, that she goes and steals the cuckoo clock. This was kind of brilliant. The cuckoo clock that Fred won Ethel on Coney Island. It is brilliant. And then Lucy says, Ethel, how could you ever think up a sneaky scheme like that? <laughs> Who do you think you are? Me? <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> right. They've been hanging out together right. too much. I mean, also, it doesn't sound like Fred won that for Ethel. He just won it. Yeah, it's for like his ugly ass clock. And so she bought this teeny, like, rinky dink clock to be like, oh, I'll send you down to donate this. <laughs> kind of brilliant. I was really vibing on this for plan. Sure. I feel like my dad always has stuff that my mom wants to get rid of, you know? It's like a yeah. sweatshirt, and my mom's like, just won't get rid of the damn thing. Or the wagon wheel coffee table in When Harry Met Sally. Yes! Totally. I promise you, I will never want that coffee table. In the immortal words of Carrie Fisher. And Ricky's gone downstairs at this point to Fred's apartment, and he's kneeling behind the sofa. And that was like a giveaway. As soon as that happened, I was like, that's where they're going to be hiding when Lucy comes in. So that was disappointing. <laughs> you wanted it to be more of a curveball? A surprise. <laughs> I just, yeah. I don't know. I think they lead the audience sometimes a little too much. Yeah. They hold their hands. It's like we wouldn't have understood it for the first time if they hadn't already proved to us that you could enter the apartment and not see anybody when they were behind the couch. Mm -hmm. Ricky says, I've got a big problem. And Fred says, you should have thought about that before you married her. <sighs> you know, points for consistency for Fred Mertz. <laughs> really in character. I got an awful problem on my hands. You should have thought of that before you married her. <laughs> we know who he is, or maybe we don't. He knows who he wants us to think he is. Yeah. It's his, like, go-to. And him being handy and sort of doing his, like, landlording yeah, duties. Yeah, the, like, one thing he has to do. I'm hammering something. <laughs> do you think he learned handyman skills when he was a vaudeville star? Do you think he initially started as, like, a carpenter on the set crew? Oh, maybe. And then worked his way up to vaudeville star? You know, Just a theory. That's this a is, common like, trajectory. This yeah. is another question could be answered by the E. True Hollywood story of Fred Martin. E. True Hollywood. <laughs> Which is in development with us right now. Yeah. Fred, why is he so miserable? How did he get this way? <laughs> if you or anyone you know wants to play Fred in reenactments, tweet at us. Oh my god, who would play Fred? John C. Riley. Oh, yes. I was going to say Paul wow. Giamatti. Wow, also cranky. Good. Cranky old John, John C. Riley is too likable Bob for me. Bob Odenkirk. No, I, like I want that. it to be someone less appealing. <laughs> Mark Ruff, I'm kidding. <laughs> totally Had kidding. to be said. Of course not. Had to oh. be said. Um, they, he would never. There aren't a lot of bowling pin types running around anymore. It's hard to find a story. Is it bad that I body shame Fred? I shouldn't do that. I feel like as a woman, you know, we get body shamed a lot. Maybe I shouldn't body shame men who are dead. <laughs> 
men who are dead, men who are alive. You, you're still getting it. Dead bodies giving such shame. Well, he body shames Ethel. He yeah. does. And she body shames him, too. Let's be real. That's like, they're she equal opportunity a lot. Later, later in this episode, a lot. But then Lucy comes right on in. Also, it's interesting. Is Are there doors just open? Do they just come into each other's apartments all the time? Perhaps. So Lucy comes in to take the cuckoo clock, and she also steals an apple. She really does steal something. Oh, I missed that part. She stole an apple. She takes it out of their fruit basket. Have you ever stolen anything? I feel like, like I took like a piece of gum or something from the grocery store when I was little, or like a candy. I think I definitely ate something in the grocery store when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. something yeah, like that. Yeah, like I would take like peanuts from the thing. Uh-huh. I remember once though, my mom and I went to the grocery store and we left, and I had picked up a chocolate bar and I put it in my pocket for whatever reason. We went to the car, I took it out, and I looked down, I'm like, oh my god, and I told my mom, and I started crying, because I was like a really whiny kid, always crying and having tantrums over something, just being generally upset. (laughs) It's her brand. (laughs) No chill since 1990. Honestly, that's how I want to live my life going forward, just being generally upset. (laughs) So then Ricky decides he's going to call a psychiatrist, because they've now seen Lucy Steele. But he pronounces it wrong, and just like he couldn't find the right word for hotcakes, it's so funny to me that when they were going to start this show, they wanted to cast a white man, and they've written so much of the comedy to play to the fact that he's not from this country, doesn't know the right words, mispronounces things. What jokes would he be making as a white man? Because it seems like they've mined a lot of comedy from it. He would have been just like a complete straight man. That would have been the entire thing that he was just like, Lucy, all the time, which is far less interesting. Yeah, he would have been more similar to Fred, probably. Or he might, like, adore his wife. He wouldn't have his own stuff going. He wouldn't be generating his own material in the same way. It would just be all in response to Lucy. Yeah. But still, I keep thinking it the more we watch. Like, there, every episode, there's more and more of it. You yeah, know, yeah. like, p- making fun of Ricky's... Psychiatrist. <laughs> well, I did like the bit where Fred was like, maybe she's a kleptomaniac. And he's like, no, I just think she steals things. <laughs> I have to say, there was a glimmer of Fred being incredibly woke when it came to mental health issues. His whole take was, it's kind of like a disease. You can't blame her. She doesn't know what she's doing. Like, oh, that's she, great. We, basically, we should have compassion for her. She's struggling with this condition. Where, yeah. And then he was like, wait, but she took my cuckoo. And then he like loses it. But <laughs> My cuckoo. <laughs> Fred, your cuckoo. <laughs> um, Somebody's cuckoo. But I was like, that was kind of a cool progressive bro moment from our very own Fred Mertz. Perhaps Mark Ruffalo should play him. So Ethel runs upstairs and tells Lucy that they know, and they're going to call a psychiatrist. And for a second, I thought, when she first started talking, I was like, oh my god, Fred told her already? But it just turns out she overheard them. These people need to know who's in the apartment at all times, (laughs) if they're going to be scheming behind each other's backs. Yeah. Dr. Tom Robinson, played by Joseph Kearns, He'll play Dr. George Wilson on Dennis the Menace. Mr. Wilson. Mr. Wilson. Was he kind of hot in a weird way? Yeah. Okay. Really? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Confirming. I was like kind of into it. I always make passes at boys who wear glasses, though. Passes at glasses? Yeah. So Ricky takes the doctor's coat, and then he doesn't put it in the closet. He puts it on the chair. And at this point, he already knows the closet's full of things. But right. still, it, it seems almost deliberate that he wouldn't try to put it in the closet. Right. Maybe he's ashamed of how much stuff is in the closet. Instead of being like, Lucy, what are you doing? They keep trying to catch her in this trap of something they are already convinced that she's stealing. Right. 
Everyone's so set in their own beliefs that they can't even stop to ask the real questions. Right. So they find jewelry where the cigarettes are supposed to be. A map to the Chase Tower bank under the chair. Yes. The thing is, Lucy always ups the ante. Right, and so she's mad when she finds out that they've called a doctor. All right, you want a crazy person? I'll show you a crazy person. Why? Or you could just just say, honey, don't worry. I'm running a charity event. How is that so shameful? She can't just be like, by the way, I did this thing you didn't really want me to do, but I'm like raising money for this club. By the way, if he's aware of what's going on, then he won't light the fireplace. You know, right. like keep him she- informed. Yeah. <laughs> just tell him where all the Roman candles are being stored. Right? Communication. There are shots that ring out and her and Ethel come barging into the apartment in the best outfits. Yeah, it's amazing. Like matching newsboy caps, turtlenecks. Very like Marlon Brando or Rebel Without a Cause. Leather jacket, at carrying a guitar case, which does not have a guitar in it, we later find out. Back in the day when guitar cases were just uh, like strangely shaped luggage, <laughs> where you yeah. just carry your shit around. Lucy's chewing gum. Which She's is, so bad. It's so wonderful. And their names are Lucy the Lip and Babyface Ethel. <laughs> Well, and then the other thing is that she just keeps calling her brain. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, brain. I, I messed it all up. Please don't hurt me. So is Ethel the brawn if Lucy's the brain? <laughs> yes. I think it's Pinky and the brain. I thought about that, too. <laughs> so she says that she shot two people, the foot in the eye and the eye in the foot. Okay? Okay. Did you get any of them? Yeah, I got two. A flat foot and a private eye. I got the eye and the foot and the foot in the eye. <laughs> Ethel's badass persona when Fred gets all upset, she's calling him fatso and tubby, but then she says, beats running this crummy apartment house. It's like low blow. That's a real, that's a real thing that's not happening in this crazy world, you know? (laughs) Is that how you really feel? No, no, no. What are you yapping about, tubby? It beats running this crummy apartment house. Wow. That's why they all have to put on these characters all the time to actually say what they're really thinking. Maybe that's how Fred and Ethel communicate downstairs is they put on a play. That'd be so cute. And that's the only way that Fred feels comfortable expressing his true feelings. It's a safe space. The Fred and Ethel workshop. Ethel might truly feel that she lives in a dump. (laughs) And if you saw the wallpaper in their apartment, she's not wrong. Ethel lives a hard life. It's a hard knock life for Ethel. The baby face. Ethel, the baby face, Mertz. <laughs> Amazing. She gets introduced to the doctor and she pats him down. Sure. And Casey's carrying a rod. It's a rod. <laughs> a penis, I'm pretty sure. No, it's a gun. <laughs> it's a gun. Corinne, it's a we're going to have to make this podcast explicit. No, that's not a bad word. That's an anatomically correct True. term. Either way, she didn't find it. My favorite part is like... <laughs> The doctor is then like, this is more serious than I ever would have thought. We need to delve into your childhood and I will cure you. I'm not an expert in the medical profession, but you're not allowed to be like, I think I can cure you. I promise. Let's get started. This what was the copay? Definitely not how things work. Yeah. I don't know he, if he's on Oscar, but I'm not going to him. <laughs> he literally hypnotizes her. I think she was playing along. Like, oh, I yeah. She, she, oh, she 100% was because she winks at Ethel. It's like a really cool moment of them just making fun of modern psychiatry. Yeah, it's all started when I was a kid. (laughs) They're on the couch and Lucy's recounting this story from her childhood. Apparently she stole a bit of the story and the voice from a character played by Ginger Rogers in the 1942 movie 
the major and the minor. What? Basically, Ginger Rogers plays Susan Applegate, and she sneaks onto a train purchasing a children's ticket because that's all they had left. So she pretends to be a 12-year-old girl, and she has a voice that's very similar to the voice Lucy uses. And then the train attendees catch her smoking a cigarette, and they chase her, and she hides in the handsome man's cabin. But he thinks she's a child. Why? She looks like Ginger Rogers? They dressed her up to look like a quote-unquote a child. I mean, it's a little unbelievable. The part that's the same is she reveals her biggest caper was a burglary from the Clyde Betty Circus, and that's going to come back in Lucy. Oh, is that in the movie as well? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. So it's like a direct send-up. That's so it. interesting. Well, and Lucille Ball was cast in the film, but she had to withdraw when she became pregnant. Oh, with, with Lucy? Oh, That's funny. Maybe it's like a subtle plug. Yeah. <laughs> Where she talks about, I used to steal a penny, or and then I stole a boy. <laughs> and my but mother my mom, made me give it back. <laughs> I was like, well, that's a fascinating <laughs> twist. I took a bright new penny. I took a bicycle. I took a little boy. I'm sure she did steal a boy in her youth. A boy's heart. (laughs) She keeps stealing him into adulthood, though. I know. In the hearts of the American people everywhere. And Desi is younger than her, so he's a boy. And then she actually steals the doctor's watch. For someone pretending to be a kleptomaniac, she's engaged in some pretty convincing behavior. That was really cool. Yeah. (laughs) Usually you can see how they pull stuff off. I guess she just had to learn how to pick a pocket. That's cool. And then she brought all of her purses out and pretended to have stolen them. (laughs) One with the mannequin hand attached. That was so creepy and good. (laughs) I grabbed this one quicker than I thought. (laughs) And then he says, well... I don't know if I can help you. Yeah, and during this conversation, she's using the dummy arm to scratch her face. Right, she's like, I think I'm cured. And then, like, she uses it to, like, play with his lapel. Ah! <laughs> so creepy. She's like, I completed the ultimate caper. Honestly, this was my favorite part of the episode. Yeah. And the rest of it, it was just par for the course, and nothing about it was really standing out for me. But then this saved it, this whole exchange with her and Ethel is <laughs> heist workers. And then she said she went to the Clyde Beatty Circus. To pull off the ultimate caper. What is the circus? It's like a Ringling Brothers, BT Barnum, like that Oh, kind I've of never thing. heard of it before. It was like only through the 60s, I think. But oh. the thing that's interesting is Clyde Beatty had his own circus. And then he was married to one of the aerialists. And they were in a lot of ways like Desi and Lucy. They were a working couple who performed together and were married and built a life together as partners. And she actually had passed away in 1950, so shortly before this, two years before this happened. I don't like how she leads the elephant around by his ear. I mean, I don't know how you lead an elephant, do you? How do you lead an elephant? Elephant expert Allison Werma says, (laughs) Hi, thank you for having me today. I have no idea. Just seemed very mean, like when you take a child by the ear. And it looked like a baby elephant. So cute. The crazy part is she just brings in an elephant, which seems like a very expensive gag cap to the episode, considering they don't do anything else with the elephant. It's just a one second reveal. And the audience reaction, people literally screaming. Where do you think Lucy would have gotten that elephant? The The LA Zoo. Borrowed it. Borrowed it from the LA Zoo. Can you get an elephant from a props? You can't rent place. (laughs) I would like to rent an elephant for the day. Oh, you can do anything on the internet. There's no resolution. Yeah, it's over. But we don't even see her fess up. We don't see how they get rid of the elephant. (laughs) Obviously, as is with the traditional Lucy, the next time 
an episode opens, it'll be back to normal business as usual. They won't even acknowledge that it happened. I, I think we've yet to see in a new episode them carry over reference like, yeah. an, uh, an old event. Yeah, callbacks or anything. That's mm-hmm. interesting. I wonder if that'll change at all. I think it'll have to once they make an announcement about her being pregnant. Oh, so like, she's not just pregnant in one episode and then it disappears? <laughs> is that not how that works? And then the baby appears. What? Kleptomania is not that funny to me. <laughs> I don't I, know that it keeps happening. Guys, we really could argue that Ariel is a kleptomaniac mm-hmm. in The Little Mermaid. Yeah. They're all things that have been abandoned. True. Ooh. So it's like someone who goes through a garbage dump. She's a hoarder, not a kleptomaniac. Yeah, definitely a hoarder. The other one that I was thinking of is in Fleabag. She steals from her stepmom. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The sculpture. So, yeah. So it's not quite as compulsive as is being suggested in this show, but stealing things for personal leverage, Ethel's clock situation. Logan and Gilmore Girls steals a trinket from every rich person's house. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And when he steals it from Emily Gilmore's house and she notices immediately. Mm-hmm. Emily is the best Gilmore Girl. Hot take. <sighs> Bling Ring is another. Oh, yeah. It's a good movie. That was based on true facts. True events. Sofia Coppola. This isn't my favorite episode. I wasn't feeling it. It was fine. There were hijinks, but it's just something was missing for me. I don't think it's the most memorable. It just seems like it's so easily could have been avoided. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, just ask each other what's going exactly. on. Exactly. You know, we suspend reality and disbelief a lot. a lot. But for this one, it was like, come on. Right. I agree mostly about the beginning of the episode. I will say I thought the last bit made up for it. Just Lucy's commitment to her character mm-hmm. as a heist. Yeah, that was funny. If you think about it, actually, there's no way that it's believable that she would have had this persona the entire time and Ricky just never knew. Right, it's so ridiculous. It's crazy, but it's good acting and good comedy from her and Ethel. Well, and it's definitely kind of in this strange way, she's getting to do all of the things that she wants to do. Like, she wanted to be a performer and she wanted to be an actor, and by getting into mm-hmm. all these hijinks, she's getting to play all these different roles. Life is a performance. Life is a cabaret. Love is a battlefield. So next week on We Love Lucy, we are very excited to be welcoming our first guest. We will be hosting two lovely podcasting ladies. The biddies, drinking biddies, will be joining us. We're doing a crossover podcast. We're super excited to have them. We'll be drinking some beer talking some Lucy. Should be great. And next week is the famous Vitamita Vegemite episode. Also known as Lucy Does a TV Commercial. So tune back in. We're so glad you're listening and we would love it if you're enjoying the podcast to give us a review, give us a rating on iTunes because it helps us and it gets more people to listen to our podcast. Spread the gospel according yeah. to Lucy. Tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your mom's friends. In the meantime, you can follow us on social media. We Love Lucy podcast on Facebook and Instagram. At We Love Lucy pod on Twitter. And We Love Lucy pod at gmail.com. Thanks, Lucy's. Keep on living, Lucy's. Mm-hmm.